Amen. Welcome to Pole Creek this morning. Isn't God good to us? It was a great, great time of worship, wasn't it? Amen. Thankful to our worship leader, our worship choir, our band. You guys do such a phenomenal job week after week, and I want to tell y'all thank you very much. So today we're going to continue our series, Wisdom for a New Year. It's hard to believe we're heading into 2022 very, very quickly. Can't even believe that it's mid-November now. So time is flying before us. But you know what? God has great purpose for us in the coming year. And his word is very sure to always tell us everything we need to know about life, what our purpose is, why we're here, and what we need to be about as we move into the year 2022. So the question that I have for us today, which is also the title of my sermon, are you going the right way? Are you going the right way? So as we look at this series and this sermon, turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 John, verses 4 through 6, 2 John, verses 4 through 6. So as we go through this series, we're going to go through the entirety of the book of 2 John, the entirety of the book of 3 John, and we'll be done with both of those books by the end of the year as we hope and pray that God will speak to us through his word. So when you found 2 John, verse 4, please stand to your feet as we read God's word. Beginning in verse 4, the Bible says this, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in the truth in keeping with the command we have received from the Father. So now I ask you, dear lady, not as if I were writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commands. This is the command as you have heard it from the beginning, that you walk in love. Let's pray. Dear God, we are thankful for the revealed word. We're thankful, God, that we have the 66 books of your inspired word that we can hold on to and that we can read and that we have accessible to us at any given time. Lord, help us not to take that for granted today. As you speak to us, God, through your word, we know that you are a God who speaks through your revealed word. Now, we know that you have a message for each person here this morning. So, God, as we consider the direction that our lives are moving in, Lord, help us to carefully evaluate if we're going the right direction. Lord, we know that your word will be sure to reveal to us the truth today, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So many of you have probably been in this same situation, but you travel a great distance, and you're traveling, and you're making your way to a destination of some kind, whether it's a vacation or whether it's a trip that you've always wanted to take, only to find that you've been traveling in the wrong direction the whole time. And you realize, I took a wrong turn about 200 miles back, and now I'm three hours from where I was supposed to be. That's very difficult and very frustrating, to say the least. And I will say that in this day and age we live in, as we rely on our GPSs and we get into these areas that have no service, sometimes that is a very big possibility. I know recently when I did uh, Hannah and Jameson's wedding not too long ago, they were married in Sandy Mush. And if you know anything about Sandy Mush, it's probably the most beautiful uh, countryside on God's green earth, but there is no cell phone service out there. And it's hard to believe you're still in Buncombe County. Now, I didn't know Buncombe County had that kind of a rural area. But anyways, as I'm going down this curvy road, I don't even see any houses. All I'm seeing is woods and, and fields and just nothing. You know, and I'm looking at my phone, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm 10, 20 minutes late, I could miss this wedding. You know? So I keep on traveling and traveling and traveling, and finally I get there. But it is very important that you go in the right direction. Wouldn't it be crazy if your desired location was something like Little Rock, Arkansas, and you ended up in Minneapolis, Minnesota? You obviously didn't go the right way. 
So as we think about that from a spiritual perspective, as we think about the direction that we're moving in from where God wants us to go, where we started to where we're going to end up, that final destination of home with he- in heaven with God, at home in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to ask ourselves, are we doing the right things now? Are we making the right steps now to achieve what God has purposed for our lives? So the first thing that I want us to consider is this, the right direction. And in verse 4 of 2 John, we see the right direction. Let's go back and read that verse. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth in keeping with the command we have received from the Father. Here we understand that the right direction, if you're going to go in the right direction, if you're going to pursue a goal, if you're going to go in the way that God has for you, that you have got to begin in the truth. Your foundation and that direction that launches you into your life has got to be based upon the truth. So as we think about the Christian life and traveling, which way do we go? How do we know which way to go? We understand that salvation, it's very clear that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and rose from the dead. He took the place for us on the cross and paid the price for our sins. We understand that, and today if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're saved. But a lot of churches kind of leave people there. They leave people at that place where they've received Christ, we're going to shout it out and celebrate, but yet we don't point them in the right direction from that point on. We don't disciple them and teach them what it means to be a Christian and what it means to continue in the walk of Christianity. I think a lot of times that's why we have so many people in our nation who claim to be Christians, but they don't live like Christians. No one has ever taken them under their wing and discipled them about what it means, about what God's word teaches about truth and morality, what God expects of us as followers of Christ. I think a lot of times we kind of portray the gospel as a get-out-of-hell-free card. We just say, you know what? You need to, we want to make sure that when you die, you go to heaven, so you need to pray this prayer so we can get you into heaven. And then they pray the prayer, and then we back off, and we never talk to them again. For one, that's not even the gospel, by the way. A prayer does not save you. It's not got some magical formula that if you say these words, okay, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The prayer does not save you. And I know sometimes we talk about the sinner's prayer, the sinner's prayer. You just got to pray the sinner's prayer. It's not the prayer. It's the trust in your heart that you have in Jesus Christ. It's when I say I am going to rest my eternity in the hands of the one who died for me, and rose again. When that trust, when that direction and that posture of my heart changes from me counting and relying on Ben to me counting and relying on Jesus, I am instantaneously saved. That's why a lot of times, you know, we have the altar call. And I believe the altar call is a very important thing because it gives people a time to come forward and receive counseling, to come forward and allow your brothers and sisters to pray with you and for you. But I believe that many people who come to the altar to get saved are saved before they even get out of their seat because they realize in their heart, I need Jesus and I want him. And the moment you say that, the moment in your heart that you say, I want Jesus, I need Jesus, he saves you. Okay, before you get out of that chair, the posture of your heart has already changed and you've already trusted in the Lamb of God. And that is salvation. The prayer is just something really to affirm and just something to kind of give you assurance. But the prayer does not save you. So as we think about that, we think about truth and we think about the direction that we should go once we are truly and biblically saved. It is a teaching and an education about the truth. Now the the question then becomes, what is the truth? What actually is truth? How do I determine truth? Well, did you know that Pilate, the governor of the area that Jesus lived in back when he walked on the earth, the one who sentenced Jesus to death on a cross, 
asked the very same question in John chapter 18, verse 38. And you can go back there and sometimes read that and highlight that. But as Jesus was telling Pilate that he essentially was God and was the Son of God, Pilate asked him, what is truth? Now, as Christians, we have the answer to that question. We have the uh, unadulterated truth of God's word. We have objective truth. We have truth that doesn't change. We have truth that is the foundation for everything that operates on planet Earth. When you see the way that our society is breaking down truth, what they're doing is, is Satan understands that in order for him to get a grip in your life and in the life of your children, and in order for him to destroy your family, he has got to break down truth. He has got to break down truth in your mind to where it no longer is truth, but you portray it as truth. That's why families are breaking up everywhere across our country today. Because for one, marriage is not honored anymore. Marriage is looked at as just an agreement between two people, and when I get tired of the other person, I can just leave them. Well, that is not biblical truth. The Bible teaches us that God created them male and female, and he created them to become one flesh. He, he, he designed that relationship to be a relationship that builds societies, that builds cultures, that builds families. And when the truth of what God intended for that relationship between man and woman breaks down, the whole thing collapses. And that's what we're seeing in our society today. It's because Christians have not stood on the truth. It's because we have a society of liberal thinking and liberal theology that says, I get to determine my own truth. And anytime a human being determines their own truth, what they want, and they deter, uh, go away from the design of God, the society will always break down and it will always destroy itself. You look at families, you look at suffering children, you look at people who have been abused uh, and, and, and exposed themselves to, to, to sexual exploitations with people who are not, they're not married to, and you talk to them years later after they've lived in that lifestyle, and what they'll tell you is, is that their life has been destroyed. They'll tell you that they no longer know how to love. They'll tell you that they are numb to emotion. They are numb to true love. And you know why? The very reason why is because they've one away from God's truth. The very reason is because they have said, I'll be my own God and I will determine my way. I will determine what I like and I will pursue that instead of the truth of what God has for me. And it has led them to destruction. Today, as we think about the truth and the direction that we need to go, the Bible is very clear in this. And Jesus himself said this in John chapter 17, verse 17. As he was praying for his disciples before he was to be crucified, he asked God the Father, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus himself tells us what truth is. Truth is the Bible, the word of God. The inspired word of God that God inspired men of old to write down through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This Bible is truth. So now that we've clarified truth, we've clarified what objective truth is, not what humanity's truth is, not what the media's truth is, not what we would like for truth to be, but as we have clarified what truth truly is, we can now launch from this springboard into the right direction for our lives. And as you ask yourself, Ben, am I going in the right direction? I'm going to point you back to the Word of God and I'm going to ask you, are you living according to the truth of God's Word? If you're living according to the truth of God's Word, I can emphatically tell you, yes, 
You are going in the right direction today. Now, there's going to be a lot of situations in this life where as you are going in the right direction, you are living according to the truth of the Word of God. Society is going to be hitting you with these headwinds right in the face and is going to be pushing you and prodding you and, and questioning you and making you feel like you're all alone because sometimes you are going to be all alone out there other than the Lord who will be with you. But as you're in your office situation, as you're in your, your plant job, as you're on the construction side, as you're in the doctor's office, as you're in the classroom, there is going to be a, a headwind that's coming against you that is going to say that you are old-timey, you're old-fashioned, you're a bigot, you're closed-minded, and your truth doesn't work anymore. And you're going to have to face that. But here today, I'm, I'm here to tell you that if you will stand on the truth of God's word, you will go in the right direction and he will indeed bless you. He will give you the strength that you need to continue on even when you feel like you can't anymore. And I'll be honest with you, it is becoming more and more unpopular to have a biblical worldview. It is becoming more and more unpopular to hold to the values of what Scripture teaches us. It is becoming more and more unpopular for you to say that boys like girls and girls like boys. Things that we have always taken for granted, we said, well, that's common sense. Not anymore, church. We live in a world where those things you cannot take for granted anymore. And as we consider the word of God, we have got to be about the truth. And as we are about the truth and we live in the truth and we walk in the right direction of the truth, the world is going to see us and it's going to change their lives. The world is going to see us and they're going to say, I want what they've got. If you'll walk in the right direction. I think a lot of times people get fed up with Christians and Christianity because they see, they hear what we say, but they see something different in our lives. They say, yeah, he goes to church, but isn't he the same one that does X, Y, and Z? Isn't he the same one who cheats on his wife? Or isn't he the same one uh, that, that's hooked on this or addicted to that? Or isn't she the one that every word that comes out of her mouth is critical and, and, and she's a gossip at work? You know, they say they're Christians, but good grief, they live like the rest of us. As a matter of fact, I live better than they do. And then you wonder why the, the world doesn't want Christianity. You wonder why the world is against everything we say. It's because we're not even living what the Word says. We're not even going in the right direction. We're not even living according to the truth. And it is important to remember that going in the right direction is when we live according to the Word of God. I want you to think about it like this. Let's say you're in a vehicle and you're heading down a mountain on the interstate. And you go a couple of miles, and the first thing you see is you see a sign up, and it says, turn around, bridge out in 10 miles. And you look at that sign, and you're like, ah, I've got plenty of time. I'll turn around in a minute. And you keep on going. About five miles later, you see another sign. Turn around, warning, bridge out in five miles. Ah, oh, yeah, I've still got time. I'm going to keep on going this way, right? And then you get down about two miles. You see another sign, warning, bridge out, turn around in two miles. And then immediately after that, bridge out in one mile, turn around. And by then, you've driven off the mountain into the river. And you think, who in the world in their right mind would do something stupid like that? We as Christians do it all the time. As we're traveling along our Christian faith, God gives us warning sign after warning sign. Stay away from it. Don't do it. Your, my word tells you not to do that. Follow my commands. Follow my will. And we keep running through warning sign after warning sign after warning sign. Next thing we know, our marriage is busted up. Next thing we know, our kids are, are pursuing other things because we never had time for them. Next thing we understand, our churches are falling apart. We're like, Ben, when did that happen? It just happened all of a sudden, didn't it? No. 
We kept going through the warning signs. We kept ignoring the word of God, the truth of the word that is plainly spelled out for us that we all have access to. And we say, well, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. You've got to wake up and you've got to listen to the warning signs. Walk in the right direction and understand the truth of God's word. Don't ask the questions and then be too late. God's commands keep us going in the right direction. See, the Bible is so beautiful in that it gives us the truth, and we find in the truth commands that God gives us. In other words, these are things that God says, do this, don't do this. And it's so simple, it's so easy, it's so awesome that our God understands our feeble minds enough to say, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. But we as, we as humans, we want to do our own thing. And we kind of ignore some of those things a lot of times. But God gives us these boundaries. And a lot of people say, well, you know what? You Christians don't know how to have fun. The reason that God gives you all these commands is because he doesn't want you to have a good time. But in reality, you have the most fulfilled life when you live within the boundaries that God has set before you. God sets boundaries for your good. He sets boundaries for your joy, for your peace, for your happiness. And if you will interview and talk to person after person after person who has done their own thing their whole life, who has pursued their own passions and their own pleasures, they've determined their own truth and what they want to do, you can interview person after person. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, I have wasted my life. I thought that was where the, part, the party was where the fun was. The, the illicit relationships was where all the fun was. Uh, the, the, the misuse of money, the misuse of my family, all these things I thought was where the fun was. And now I'm looking back 20 or 30, 40 years and I have wasted my life. My life is destroyed. The life of my family is destroyed. And we all say, how could God let that happen to someone? They chose to not walk in the right direction. They chose to say no to the truth of God's word. They chose to say no to the commands that God has laid before them. Did you know that homosexual marriage actually ends in divorce over 70% of the time? Now, heterosexual marriage isn't a lot better because you're still looking at 50, but if, if, heterosex, or if homosexual marriage was okay and God was in favor of that, would it not be as successful as heterosexual marriage? The reason it's not is because it's not based upon the truth. Now listen, understand this. I know that's not popular sometimes to talk about what we see in our culture and the sexual revolution and the gender revolution and all that's going on in our society today. But listen, if we don't preach the truth, our children and our communities will hear another truth. They will hear that that is perfectly okay. Embrace who you are. Do what makes you happy and everything else will take care of itself. Listen, I can't stand for that. You know why? Because I know when someone embraces the truth of humanity, it will destroy their lives. They will be left hopeless. They will be left without emotion. They will be left without anyone to love them and care for them because they have invested in a life of sin. And I'm not going to stand for that because I love other people. And as Christians, if you love other people, you won't stand for that. You will be vocal in the truth of God's word and people going the right direction because ultimately we want to see people cared for and loved and happy. And that's, that's what Christianity is all about, to see people loved for, cared for, and happy. And we understand that because they were designed by the God of heaven, that only he knows how they can truly be happy. That only he knows what they truly need. That only he is fully sufficient to give them that fulfilled and abundant life that everyone is truly seeking. Not only us, but the whole world is seeking that life. And we have the answer. We have the truth of God's word, how we know that they can indeed be happy. 
The Great Commission really exemplifies this in the most beautiful terms. Found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. The Bible says this. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know what the premise of that is? It's love. Because there is a holy God who sent his only begotten son to die for a world of sinners so that we don't have to be slaves to our sin. And what he says is, is once they come to know me, now teach them all things that I've taught you. Teach them all truth so that they can continue to walk in the light and so that they can make new disciples. Hey, God's plan for you today, if you've been saved, is not for you to ride the church pew, not for you to ride that chair, not for you just to show up on Sunday morning and tip the hat to the preacher. That's not what God's plan for you is. God's plan is for you to be intimately involved in the ministries of this church so that we can reach Candler, North Carolina, so that we can reach the people in our community, not just say we're going to do it, but so we can actually do it. You say, Ben, I'm too busy. You need to cut some stuff out of your schedule. We need to prioritize lost souls. We need to prioritize heaven, and we need to prioritize eternity. Listen, one day we're going to look back and we're going to say all that other junk didn't matter. But what about a lost soul that could spend forever in a place called hell? They're, they're all over the countryside. And if you really believe the Bible, and if you really believe the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you really adhere to the Bible as being truth, you understand that if someone dies without knowing Jesus, they die and go into an eternity of hell. They go into an eternity of separation from the God of heaven, never to be released, never to get out, never for it to pass, forever and ever and ever. The Bible teaches us that that is where the worm does not die. Hell is not a place where you go to die. It is a place where you go and spend eternity in judgment. Now, if we really believe the Bible, Shouldn't we be about the business of the Lord Jesus Christ? Shouldn't we really be about teaching the world the truth? You say, Ben, they get mad at me when I tell them the truth. That's okay, because I want to stand before God one day and say, God, I did all that I could. They may not have listened. They may not have said yes. They may not have followed you, but I did all that I could. And my Lord, my Savior says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You come on in. Today, we need to be about the Lord's business, and that means us walking in that right direction. But not only in the right direction, but we want to get to the right destination. So if you're taking notes, that first point was the right direction. The second is the right destination. So if you're taking notes, write that down. And we're going to look in verses 5 and 6 for that. Verses 5 and 6 of 2 John. The Bible says this. So now I ask you, dear lady, not as if I were writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commands. This is the command, as you have heard it from the beginning, that you walk in love. Did you know that the path you're traveling now makes all the difference in where you end up, in where your destination is? Now, I am not talking about in terms of your salvation. We believe as an orthodox biblical foundation of, of believing in what the Bible says, that once you're saved, you're always saved. We believe that with all of our heart. But what I'm saying is, is how you live your life now is going to determine how much you do for the kingdom of God and how, how many people you are able to reach. If, you're, if you want your destination to be when I lay on my deathbed, 
I led hundreds of people to Jesus because I was faithful to the gospel, then, it, then what you do right now is going to determine that. What you do today and what you do tomorrow is going to determine that. You can't wait until a week before you pass away to say, I'm going to start telling my family about Jesus. Church family, you can't wait until your loved ones are laying on their deathbed to then decide, I'm going to start telling them about Jesus. The Bible teaches us that love is central to the gospel. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to understand that truth and love in Scripture are essentially synonymous. You cannot have God's truth without God's love, and you cannot have God's love without God's truth. See, what the world is trying to do is the world is trying to separate God's truth from God's love. And they say, you can have God's love without his truth. That is impossible. That does not work. Fundamentally, God's love is based and rooted in his truth. Did you hear what that scripture said there in verse 5? So now I ask you, dear lady, not as if, as if I were writing you a new command, but one that we had had from the beginning, that we love one another. Here, God is testifying to the fact that his command to us is that we love one another, that we love other people. But then he is embracing the fact that that love is, in turn, teaching people his commands, uh, talking to them about what he expects of them, teaching them what the truth is. Listen, a lot of our society, they say, you know what? Just love everybody and it's all going to be okay. If somebody loves this person or that person, that's good enough for me, that's fine but have you ever thought about truth? Have you ever thought about that maybe the love that humanity talks about day in and day out is not true love? It's not the love that God speaks of. It's not unadulterated, unconditional love. It is a lust. And I think what we find in our society today is that love and lust are essentially the same word in our society. When you watch movies, when you, when you view, uh, read books, when, when you view things on social media, oh, I'm just so in love, what does that mean? I think a lot of times it means we're in lust and that we, are, that we are desiring something that we ought not to have. We're desiring to touch something that we ought not to touch. And we confuse the two words. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God's love is founded and based in God's truth. If you ever hear a preacher talk about, hey, you know what? Parts of the Bible, they're not so important. You know what? If, if you love doing what, you do, what you're doing, even though it's sin, it makes you happy, just do it. Get up and walk out. And don't ever go back because they have forsaken the truth of God's word. And the moment that you begin to tear down the truth of God's word, you begin to destroy a society and you begin to destroy families. Amen. So we think about that right de uh, destination. We want to understand that the destination is love. We have truth, which is found in God's word. And God's word tells us the commands that we are to live by, the things that we are to do and not to do. And those commands will always produce love. So when you think about truth, God's commands, and love, you understand that they're in reality the same thing, that they all go together, that when you embrace the truth of God, you are automatically embracing his commands and you are automatically embracing his definition of love. And the moment that you pull one out and separate the other and decide to do this over here and that over here, you've lost the whole thing because you no longer have God's love. You certainly no longer have God's commands and you definitely do not have God's truth. You must adhere to all three. And as John is speaking here in 2 John in verse 5, he says, I want you to obey this command. 
okay? And said, don't, he said, don't think of it as though I'm writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. In James chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says this, Indeed, if you fulfill the royal law prescribed in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. So God's truth is revealed in his commands. And when we obey the commands of God, then we automatically love other people. When we obey the commands of God, think about this. I'm going to put this in simplest terms as I know how. Thou shalt not kill. If you obey the command, thou shalt not kill, you are loving others because you're not killing other people. Now, I know that is a very uh, uh, kind of an exaggerated way to put that, but that is essentially what the commands of God's word do. If we obey God's commands, we automatically love and show love to other people. That is the true love that God gives us. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 say this. I want you to listen to this carefully. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Okay, that's truth. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. There's love. This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God and obey his commands. And his commands are not a burden because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. I think when we evaluate the word of God and we evaluate truth and we evaluate who we are today in our purpose in our life, whether it's where you work or your home situation, your family situation, whatever it may be, you need to continually ask yourself, number one, am I standing on the truth? Number two, am I obeying the commands of God? And if I am obeying the commands of God and if I am standing on the truth, I am therefore, by virtue, loving other people. True love is telling them the truth and obeying the commands. And I promise you that God always, always, always blesses his word and blesses the truth. So as we go into a time of, of, of contemplation and just evaluation of who we are, you can go ahead and close your Bibles this morning and, and bow your heads as, as we begin to pray and go into a time of altar call. <clears throat> I want you to just answer a few questions in your heart. As our musicians come up to play, we go into a time of worship. Are you traveling in that right direction today? Based upon the truth of God's word, are you traveling in the right direction? Are you obeying his commands? Are you loving other people? Today, that's the evaluation. That's the question. And if you can answer yes to those three questions, you're going in the right direction today. But you might be here today and you may say, Ben, I've compromised the truth. I've compromised the truth in my life and I've looked over a few things. Today, you need to get that right with God. You know, what he's, you know what's beautiful about our Lord is he's faithful and just to forgive if we, if we confess our sins. You can confess your sins to him today and he'll forgive you. He'll restore you to a right fellowship and a right relationship. There may be some commands that you know are very black and white in God's word and you've said, you know what, Ben, I'm not gonna do those. Today, you know what, you can repent of your sin. You can repent of your rebellion in your heart toward God and God will forgive you and God will put you on that right path again in that right direction. And today you may say, Ben, I have had trouble loving other people. I have had trouble not giving of myself for the benefit of others. I have had trouble not being compassionate and sympathetic. Well, today you've probably said no to one of the first two questions, truth or the commands of God. Because if you'll get those right, I'm telling you, the love 
will follow. You may say, Ben, I've fallen out of love with my husband. I've fallen out of love with my wife. Today, the reason you have fallen out of love or you think you have is because you have failed to be consistent in your day-to-day devotion to your spouse. You have decided to give place to other things because the love will always follow the command. The love will always follow obedience. And if you are obedient to the vows that you made to your husband or your wife, guess what? Those feelings of love will come back. You just need to be obedient exactly where you are today. Let's pray.